Men's Alliance is a growing movement of tribes meeting weekly for a rugged outdoor workout and a real-world devotion around a fire. We're flipping tires, swinging sledgehammers, talking about real struggles, and getting pushed physically and spiritually to become the husbands, fathers, and leaders God designed us to be. We'll get you out of isolation, out of your comfort zone, and into something tribal, rugged, and real. Hey guys, I've got some big news for our listeners in Florida. That's right, we are about to start a tribe in Florida just outside of Orlando. We're going to start Vanguard Tribe in Mount Dora, Florida, starting on February 7th. Okay, this is going to meet at Real Life Church, being started down there by Wayne Bell, and it's going to meet on Tuesdays at 6 o'clock. That is Tuesdays at 6 p.m., starting on February 7th. Real Life Church, Mount Dora, Florida, just outside of Orlando. So if you live in Florida, check it out. Welcome to the Men's Alliance podcast. I'm Dave Goose Mills. I'm Dusty Shadow Parker. Tony Marona's guardian. Nice. We got guardian with us today. And uh, man, I'm just excited to have you here and having a cup of coffee with you. And, um, you know, I've known you for a couple years now. And I came to um, Charlie Tribe. When, when was it? November? It was a yeah, it's probably yeah around that time. Maybe yep. around Novemberish yep. or something. And, and it was uh, cold for sure. It was cold, and um, heard you your devotion, and I was like, the 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 whole time you're talking, I'm like, how have I known this guy for a couple years and hadn't heard this stuff, right? Yeah. And but I mean, when you think about it, I think we're all kind of like that. Yeah, we had started a basically started a small group together. We did before you were in Men's Alliance. I don't know if you heard Men's Alliance from me or not, but then you kind of came. That and was it. Got yeah. your call sign. That's where I first heard it. Absolutely. Took, yeah, took off running. So one of the one of the Literally biggest running. things that most people know about Guardian, right? People in like Charlie and and Delta and Bravo um, that know about Guardian is he's a runner. So literally, as I'm here opening up the office this morning, getting ready to uh, set up our podcast equipment, open the door and Guardian comes running into the parking lot. I was like, did you just run here? <laughs> you got to get the miles in when you can. <laughs> Where's so, your vest? It's all in the hallway. He said, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, so he ran here today, man, in true form. And um, I want to just uh, get you to tell us, First of all, tell us about the event, the big event that you just did at the end of uh, last year of 22. So this was, a, this was a long time coming, something I had on my radar for a very long time, but never thought I could actually uh, accomplish it uh, uh, truthfully because I knew I'd have to have a, a team. I knew I'd have to have you know a team to follow me along of some sort, uh, support to do it. But it was uh, 100K. It was a freight train 100K. Um, that's a hundred kilometers. Yeah. What is that in miles? <laughs> How many miles? Uh, 62 and a half. Um, 62 and a half miles. And I do Jeez. have to say the half because it, it Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not rounded down. <laughs> yeah. Wow. When, when would you do that? So that was uh, December 10th. Okay. Yep. So tell us a little bit about how long did you train for that? And how does a person even train for an ultra marathon like that well you know we started training for this um well I, actually i did a 50k last november and it kind of um well i've been running uh this is probably about my eighth or ninth i think 50k um that i've done prior to this oh wow so I've, eighth I've been kinda, or ninth 50k uh correct and we're getting ready to do another one uh the end of this month with a couple of ma guys so nice i'm i just signed up for a 10k <laughs> hey that's good hey man. that's <laughs> where you start man <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah but yeah no it's uh it a lot of training yeah. um obviously anytime we can find time to to get out there and uh, get some miles in a lot of early mornings um i try to average around 20 to 25 miles a week um you know just just whenever i'm not typically training for anything but whenever i know i'm getting closer to a big event um definitely like to add on the miles so try to get 35 to 40 miles in a week oh man um and and honestly it's really not much about the miles as the time it is 
yeah it is out there being on the legs you know you've ran a iron man before and you've yeah. done plenty of rucks i'm sure before oh, and, yeah. You know, oh yeah it's all about training your body get your body used to um being comfortable uh being uncomfortable right i liked how <clears throat> when we were talking before we started recording today i was asking you what what you're doing this weekend and stuff and you were you said you were going for a four hour run like you're just measuring by time exactly it doesn't even like you're not measuring miles like you said it's just about putting in the time that's exactly right i think that's a mindset um i like to get in is it's not about hey you know gotta run 20 miles today or something like that it's just about going out there and four hours you're not stopping your watch you know every time you take a break or something like oh, that yeah. <laughs> you're, you're going out there and you're uh for four hours so that's what we're planning on doing um sunshine and then bullseye uh wow. are going and we're so after i did this last event i kind of put it out there a little bit said hey i would really like to push a couple guys and men's alliance guys to uh push their limits a little bit so is anybody interested in running a 50k uh, end of this month by the way <laughs> right right <laughs> so, well, how long was the richmond one uh the richmond the uh, marathon be so 20 uh 26.2 that was 26 uh, yeah there was uh, eight of us i think eight okay. mi guys yeah oh know, yeah we sage laid the pack uh so leading the, the pack on the that 50k one. is how 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 much was that 30 something? 31 uh 50k is 31 miles yeah correct so okay. so yeah you've inspired so many guys to start running yeah in his alliance like um well he runs to men's alliance every week that's right the first time i met you um out of men's home. alliance you came running up and it was like summer <laughs> you came running up and um you were just drenched sure. and then yeah. you did our whole workout yeah. and Jeez. then by the time you right. finished the devotion you kind of forgot i kind of forgot that you would run there right because we've been sitting around for 30 minutes talking around yeah. fire and then you were like all right well see you guys later <laughs> put back on your reflective stuff your water and just hauled off away yeah and i think you've inspired so many guys in men's alliance to just start running like for our listeners our episode um last month overcome average with sage yep um sage is talking about how he dropped like 80 pounds and ran the richmond marathon and uh he mentions you you know he mentions like his inspiration being guardian so you know that's just one person but now like you said you're running tomorrow with, with sunshine bullseye that's right so tell me a little bit about what was it like take us through mentally where you went where did you go mentally how did you do a hundred k oh man um so it's really about the support like i was saying a little bit ago it's uh i, I knew i knew i could personally put in the miles um I, I would find time early mornings whatever it took when i dropped my daughter off for uh for cheer you know i gotta wait there an hour and a half so you know what i'm going for a run anytime i can fit it in i was I knew I can do that aspect of it. Um, sure. What I didn't know yeah. if I can do or not. Um, well, I, I knew I couldn't do it without, without support. Um, so I was actually, I had signed up for it and um, I thought, Hey, I'm not going to be able to do it. I was talking to my wife, Courtney. I was like, uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do this. You know, I'm sorry if I get a little emotional. Cause it's, it's, it's fine, been, man. A, been an emotional journey, yeah. but, uh, yeah. um, but anyway, she encouraged me uh, to reach out to men's lines guys or, you know, see for help. And, uh, I did. And then I also asked my son, he, he's been to most of my events. You yeah. Know? I said, Hey Gabe, you want to, want to join me on this? You know, <laughs> yeah. you just uh, drive along, um, you know, different access points and uh, to, you know, give me the aid, uh, refuel, give me a clean pair of socks, a new shirt, um, you know, whatever, whatever I needed. And he did. He said, yeah, dad, I'll do it. That's um, awesome. So, so he could drive behind you. Um, well, there's different access points, not necessarily okay. behind, but um, so just different access points throughout. Usually, typically, it was about every, uh, I would say, five to six miles, five to eight miles, yeah. I guess. Um, so I have no problem driving. Okay, so if you ever need that, I'm absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So when you talk about support, I think yeah. this is good for people to hear, right? Like, maybe people are just thinking, you know, if you've only run like. 5Ks or half marathons, you're thinking a little paper cup of water. Right, right. There's a lot more support. What what kind of support do you need on a hundred K? Oh man, it's all about nutrition. Nutrition is huge. Um, and hydration. It's just uh having uh, the right amount. And uh so I, I packed everything personally. So I knew I was having game there. Mm -hmm. Um and then I knew uh Spuds was gonna be there and uh because Spuds ran a uh, the half marathon that day as well. So yeah, you know? that's right. And then Thor uh showed up, ran some miles with me too. But uh, as far as nutrition um i i had everything from 
cookies to, you know, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to oranges. And so I had a whole uh, buffet lined up, you know. You got to uh, take in a ton of calories. Oh, exactly. To run 62 and a half miles. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. What was the best thing you ate? Oh, what was so, the most amazing thing you ate during the race? So I have to tell you this. So I, I was at one of the aid stations um, at the fire department there. Uh, happened to be right along the um, the trail. So uh, I didn't even realize it. So I had a peanut butter and jelly in one, one hand and a pickle in the other hand. And man, I was just one one by <laughs> oh, one after the other, you know. Yeah. And I didn't even realize I was just taking it. It was so good. Eating you know? like a <laughs> yeah. He was looking at me and he's like, he was just kind of laughing. He was like, any other time this wouldn't be <laughs> you, know, you would not yeah. see this this would not be good and i was like you're so so right yeah a lot of sodium uh, i would imagine that pickle was probably uh, just like exactly was, what your body needed it was so good with all the salt in it that's funny was there anything um did you pack anything that then when you had it or saw it that you were like no i can't eat this um, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I, I honestly, um, my body just at wanted everything, okay. you know, so I was taking it in. Um, I, I do, I do tailwind is the stuff, you know, stuff you put in waters, like noon tablets and stuff like that for electrolytes. So yep. making sure I was taking, you know, that plenty. Um, yeah. So just basically whatever I can get into my system, I was, I was just, I was taking it in. <laughs> and then you said you were changing socks. Yeah, so I took about three different pairs of socks. I ended up only switching out twice. Um, I didn't even want to. I, so I ended up, I was probably about mile 45, I, I believe. And uh, my son was there at the aid station. He was like, hey, dad, I think you need to switch out your socks. And he was like, man, I'm, I take off my shoes. I'm afraid I'm going to cramp up. I'm not going to get was, back on. Yeah, I'd be afraid to stop. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm glad he talked me into it and he helped me out. And uh, we switched them out. And man, it was just like, all right. Uh, this is this yeah. is huge yeah <laughs> so just like something simple as, exactly yeah. something so simple um, mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah so how did you let's back up now how did you first or what made you first get into this what made you start running insane distances so actually i ran my first one i was 36 years old um it was back in 2016 so do the math a little bit <laughs> yeah. um 43 i think yeah so um I've kind of always ran a little bit like five kind of 10 Ks, nothing crazy. I was never really good. I still am not good. I'm not fast, um, but I was I always enjoyed finishing. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so in 2016, I don't know what it was. I just like, I was getting, starting to get a little overweight and different things were going on, you know, stress and family um, with life in general work. So I was like, you know, I'm going to, I enjoyed doing this. I had access to a state forest. So I was like, I'm going to start running some trails. And then I was like, ah, oh, well, let's, let's do a 50 K. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> so I did the first one, man, I struggled through it. Uh, finished in about seven and a half hours. Mm -hmm. Um, it, yeah. So and did you run of, the whole thing or do you run it, walk, run? So, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. That's a, a huge misconception, right. uh, you know, of people. That's say, what hey, I think. Yeah. Do you want Cause they asked, do you want to run if it's like, I can't run 50 K. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? So absolutely not. We, um, all, at least unless you're an extremely elite, right. um, trail runner, um, everybody, you know, stops and uses the aid stations, uh, walks, you know, yeah. a little bit. Okay. And, and that's one thing I have to tell myself, um, that's okay to do, yeah. you know, cause sometimes I want to keep on going. That competitive mode kind of kicks yeah. in, you know? <laughs> I, yeah. You did I, a podcast about similar to about like taking a step, like it's okay to walk. I've or, written an article about yeah. it. Um, I'm not an ultra marathon runner, but I've talked to a lot. And from what I understand, it's very common to walk the hills uh, right yes. so i had a i had a buddy in the air force and he um this was many years ago he ran the old dominion 100 and he was in first place through most of the race wow and it was like he was just thinking and it was his first hundred and he was thinking i'm uh, i'm crushing this like i'm, <laughs> I'm a <winning>. prodigy <laughs> and then like somewhere after mile 80 he started slowing down yep. and he said a dude just flew by him and finished like miles and miles ahead of him. And he yep. was talking to him after the race and the guy was telling him, he was like, Hey, if you don't mind, let me give you a pointer. Yeah. He said, I, I saw you, you, you ran everything. Uh -huh. He said, that's not smart. Yeah. <laughs> He's so like, true. you got to walk uphill. 
And I think there's like a total metaphor for life in that, right? Absolutely. Like, like when we're going through tough times in life, like it's okay. Not only is it okay to walk, it's highly encouraged. Like slow your pace, take yeah. some stuff off your plate. Right. Right. Yeah. Slow absolutely. down. You, you, it, people who have never run a marathon, um, they think, yeah, like Shadow's saying, like you got to run the whole thing. Yeah. It's like, no, it's a, it's a marathon. Yep. You can stop. Yeah. You can change your socks. <laughs> you can eat right. a sandwich and a pickle. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're in this thing for the long haul. Yeah. Enjoy the day. I guess that's where the saying comes. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So you you got into it back when you were 36, you said? That's right. And, and you did your first one, which was a 50K. Yep. And then you said that you've since done like yeah, Eight so or nine of those. man, after that one, um, I was hurting. I was, you know, usually after one I am, but uh, I was like, oh, first thing out of my mouth was, I'll never do that again. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it wasn't uh, probably about, I would say, just a few days later, I was looking for my next one. Yeah, um, what's, your, what's your after race routine? Like, how do you recover from that stuff? You know, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily have one. Um, the, the course that that night and the, the next day i'm not doing much of anything okay. and, uh, <laughs> yeah. my family pretty much knows that and they support that and yeah uh, yeah but uh, yeah um but then i slowly just you know start walking and uh hopefully in the next couple of days i'm i'm doing some short runs again i was yeah. getting ready to ask do you try to do like a little short run absolutely like Recovery two days run. to kind of like get the lactic acid out absolutely yeah. yeah yeah so man i just love this this uh you know, this element about you in this conversation, because everybody knows and everybody sees the runner, right? Everybody sees like guardian, the runner always running to and from men's <laughs> Alliance and inspiring guys to run and running ultras and stuff. Um, but like, that's kind of the tip of the iceberg part, right? Yeah, the visible absolutely. part. Um, share with us a little bit about your story, your testimony about before you became the ultra marathon runner. Yeah, no, I'll tell a little bit about my story. Um, so I'm from Arizona. Um, I have a family. My family, we there's eight of us, you know, including my parents, so six siblings, or five siblings, uh, including myself, so six of us. Uh, we, my, my older, I was a middle child, so um, second oldest brother, he was starting to get into, you know, gangs and stuff like that. We were in a kind of bad, not in a bad area, but uh, anyway, he was getting into that kind of stuff. So we decided, Hey, we're going to move to Indiana. Um, I'm, my mom, she has some connections there. So we did that. Um, basically anyway, um, he, he ended up passing away. So he, he was 18 years old. Uh, I was 15, I believe at the time. Uh, he was just, uh, he died of car carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, you know, one day he was going through some stuff and, uh, I ended up finding him in the garage. And so my family basically fell apart after that. Wow. Uh, my, my dad, you know, he was never really in the picture. I mean, he was, he was a good provider for us, but as far as being a, a father, um, wasn't really, you know, didn't really have that too much. <clears throat> but after, and I was, what I say, but I was probably around 15, whenever my brother passed away. So my, my parents, uh, divorced shortly afterwards. Mm. Um, my dad physically left the picture. My mom emotionally left the picture. So I was, you know, on I wouldn't say on my own, but I was, didn't have any discipline. You know, I had a roof over my head, that kind of thing, but, uh, I was a wild child. So, <laughs> um, basically I, I went kind of wild, wild teenager, uh, throughout high school. Um, so we came to a point where I was either going to be in prison or I was going to be dead. You know, one of the two was going to happen. Uh, so I ended up, uh, saying, okay, something's gotta, something's gotta change here. Um, and I said, I'm going to join the Navy never even crossed my mind before <laughs> uh, a week later I was off to boot camp. Wow. Holy smokes. So man, that was a, a lot of what I'm hearing is, you know, your road got pretty bumpy between 15 and what? 18. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Right. Well, actually probably not until 21 uh, until I joined the Navy. It was, uh, Oh, okay. Well, you were yeah. 21. Yeah. I went in a little late. Gotcha. Okay. So man, you know, so many people, can can relate to the part of the story about the family falling apart right and the the dad leaving and the divorce Absolutely. and all that but um very few people can relate to the loss of a of a sibling and and i just i mean i can't even imagine it i know that that must have been devastating especially at age 15 right were you were you and him close 
Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, you know, we were brothers, so we, we yeah. had that, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we had that going on, but uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're fairly close, yeah, I would say. Yeah, so, all right, you, you're 21, and all of a sudden you decided one week ago, man, you talk about That's impulsive. It. That's it. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it, it just happened. What did you want to do in the Navy? Man, that was the thing. I didn't, uh, I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I want to, I want to do it, right? So, I was, I was kind of trying to push my limits a little bit. Uh, so I ended up uh, joining as a rescue swimmer. At least that's what I told my recruiter. And he kind of laughed at me, you know, because <laughs> I'm a small guy, you know. <laughs> well, those are the perfect <laughs> rescue swimmers. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, end up, so I ended up doing that, ended up going in, uh, graduated rescue swimmer school. Uh, it's, a, I guess, the third hardest school in the Navy, I think, yeah. uh, right yeah. behind Buds, you know, SEALs, uh, Buds, and then you have uh, EOD, um, you know, divers. And then yeah. you have swimmers. Um but uh, yeah, I ended up graduating the smallest guy. Swick. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Swick. Your son's in Swick. Well, actually. that's part of the uh, yeah, that's yeah, part of the uh, the buds yeah. NSW yeah, group. Right? Right. Yeah, you got yeah, you got an NSW Seal Swick, and then you got EOD. Yep. And I don't know, you know, I'm not trying to say EOD is harder than Rescue Swimmer. I don't know, but I just know they're all kind of lumped yeah, together. You got Seal Swick. You got EOD. You got Rescue Swimmers. Yeah, yeah. Am I leaving one out? Is that uh, kind of it? Those Marine Corps Boot Camp. Well, that doesn't really count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, training. the Marine Corps, uh, who is it they send out there? Um, what do they call them? Who do they send the out? The Raiders. Oh, yeah. Something Raiders. like that. The yeah. Raiders are out yeah. there with them. Oh, yeah, for sure. They, yeah. they run around with some boats on their head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were the smallest guy? Yeah. So there's a picture, actually. I don't even know if I have it anymore, but all of us kind of lined up, you know, tallest and shortest. <laughs> I was the guy at the, the end of the line. Yeah. yeah. Was, uh, good stuff. <laughs> Could have been a jockey. Long <laughs> arms and long arms and long legs make for great swimmers. Right, right. right? Yeah. You you picture Michael Phelps, he's like all arms and legs. And then you have the natural build of the marathon runner. Right. Yeah. Right. Like the smaller guy. You have less weight to carry right. on that hundred yeah. K. So that's what's incredible is you you went swimmer. Right. <laughs> you know, defied defied, you know, nature and physics and um and just sheer, sheer willpower, I would imagine. Absolutely. What yeah. was some of the toughest parts of the training that you went through? So the the swimmer training, yeah. So um, basically, <laughs> the underwater swims, I'd say for sure. And then yeah. the because uh, you know you do underwater swims, and it's like uh, when as soon as you can't you can't come back up. You know, How far do you have to go underwater swim? I would say about what I think they're fifty meters. I was just going to say um, that, yeah. fifty meters. Yeah. So yeah. the length of the pool. for somebody yeah. listening, no, that's that's down and back. Right, well, yeah. the length size, of Olymp, Olymp, Olympic no, size pool is fifty. Isn't no, it? the average Olympic size pool is twenty five down. Like when you are on a swim team. Now, if you're looking at, if you're watching the Olympics, right, the Olympic, they have double length pools. That's why I said the Olympic size pool. No, but I'm just saying <laughs> the, the phrase an Olympic yeah, pool. Right, it's twenty five meters okay. down. Yeah. So when Navy Special Warfare does a fifty meter underwater swim, if you go to your local Y, right, yes. you've got to go down. Yeah and back to get 50 yeah right yeah. right so did you have that uh where you just pass out i did have one you just get one that big case. wet hug from god man, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> tell us about it oh man going down um of course we've i forget what it was i think what happened one time we were dropped off at night and uh you know from the helicopter and uh, we're told to swim back it's about a mile back and we did it but one guy ended up losing his fins along the way uh-huh. um and so, of course, we all got punished for it, you know. So we're doing underwater swims. And, uh, yeah. um, of course, you go down and you come back and the instructor, you know, you pop your head up and he's like, you know, he's right on top. He's like, get get back down and so, yeah. <laughs> do whatever you can. So we're doing those back and forth eventually. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of slowly uh, falling falling off. And uh, yeah. I did. I was like, all right, that's, I can't go anymore. And I just passed out, you know, so they, yeah. Yeah. And they act like it's like no big deal to, you know, instructors is like, Oh, we got one, you know, it's not a big deal. Let's just bring him back. He's okay. You know, it's, it's just crazy. It's a that pretty whole big environment. Deal for you though. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> that whole environment is just crazy. Yeah. It was a Marine Corps, uh, swim survival school that uh-huh. I was in an indoc for and me and none of, none of us that went from my unit made it. It was just crazy. I don't know how you guys do that mess, but. I was, I'm a strong swimmer. Nope. Not, uh, not to the Marine Corps standards. Yeah. It's an insane, uh, lung capacity Yeah, to, um, to be exerting yourself. It's not right. just holding yep. your breath. It's holding your breath while you're yeah. Yeah. working out. Cause we would train to, before we go, you're all, 
you know, we would just always train to hold our breath. Like I'm going to hold my <laughs> breath from here to that stop sign. Or yeah. you're just always practicing holding your breath, you know, when you're not in the water just to get, you know, it's not smart that, to do while you're driving. I know going through the tunnel. Does anybody else do that? When you go through a tunnel, you yeah, hold your do. breath. Yeah. Yeah. And I still do. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite. <laughs> and then you wake up on the side of the road, you know, you're like, what happened? <laughs> Yeah, I think we cheat a little bit on that. Yeah, you know, right. We start breathing for our nose, you know? <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a quick break and then uh, we'll come back and we'll hear the rest of Guardian's story. Men, are you struggling to quit looking at porn? This is a topic we've talked a lot about on the Men's Alliance podcast. Struggling to quit watching porn. I want you to know this. You are not alone. We are partnering with Covenant Eyes Software so that you can join with over one and a half million people who have successfully used Covenant Eyes to experience victory from porn. And I want to tell you, I have used Covenant Eyes. It's fantastic. I've used it for many years. I've been on the end of it where you're using it, and I've been on the end where you are an accountability partner for someone else using it. It is outstanding software, okay? It provides excellent accountability in a man's struggle to break the cycle of looking at porn. So if you want to try Covenant Eyes out, you can get a free 30-day trial money-back guarantee when you sign up at CovenantEyes.com. Simply use the code TRIBE. Code TRIBE, T-R-I-B-E, when you sign up for Covenant Eyes to get your free 30-day trial money-back guarantee. This is a game changer. It can help you break the cycle Sign up and use it today. Hey, this is Dusty Shadow Parker. I just wanted to take a break here and tell y'all, help us reach more men. We cannot sharpen men into the husbands, fathers, and leaders that God designed us to be without your financial support. Your donations enable us to launch and sustain tribes at more churches and reach more men with the gospel of Christ. Men's Alliance is a 501c3 nonprofit, so your financial support is tax deductible. Go to mensalliancetribe.com slash support to join our team. Now go refill up your coffee and enjoy the rest of this podcast. Welcome back. We're talking today with Guardian, and he was sharing with us about his experience becoming a rescue swimmer in the navy hence hence the call sign guardian right that's right even though i guess that was a coast guard movie so um just on break right there we were getting our second cups of coffee and if you could share with us a little bit describe what this thing that you had to do in training called a buddy toe yeah. uh yeah so buddy toes man they're uh they're a huge part of uh rescue swimmer training because you know you got to carry that uh, guy uh, get them to the helicopter get them to safety or whatever so buddy right. toes was was huge in training yeah. um so of course i'm the smallest guy in swimmer school so they would give me the second smallest guy in swimmer school to buddy toe right <laughs> absolutely not nope <laughs> in true military form they gave me the biggest guy right um to do buddy toes and so yeah yeah so what is it explain it to to the okay. listener sure so buddy toe is basically whenever you have basically a dead weight body um and you're towing them so you have your arm over their shoulder and you know crossed and uh you're kicking them out so you're swimming uh basically sideways um and you're you know of course you have fins on and you're you're swimming but then you kick your hip up a little bit to keep them above water um you're, you can't let them uh basically you can't let their mouth or anything right. go under or their nose go underwater because then they're going to this is drown. without a life preserver absolutely like yeah. a lifeguard uses right? yeah we had a wetsuit you know they're buoyant right yeah right <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so of course yeah they're giving you the big guy yep and obviously you made it you yeah. did it but um share share with the listener a little bit about the uh the guy who showed up so we had uh so we had one guy um, you know, everybody asks, you know, must be a really good swimmer. Well, I ended up being a really good swimmer uh, when I, you know, graduated. Uh, but you think those people who go in, you know, are elite uh, high school swimmers as they get into being a rescue swimmer and stuff. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys who typically don't make it. Yeah. Um, we had one guy who, uh, he was, he's a pretty stocky guy, but he was kind of short, but um, he didn't know how to swim. 
uh, when he got to the rescue swimmer school, I don't know how he signed up for rescue swimmer school and don't know how to swim, but right. he was determined to do it. Um, but anyway, he ended up graduating with my class. Uh, he, of course he got kicked back several times, you know, in different, several classes over, I think like a six month period. Yeah. But, uh, so that's determination. Yeah, so he got is. rolled back more than once even. So yeah. Huge mindset. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So how old were you when you got out of the Navy? So I got out in the Navy in 2006. I was about 20, I was about 26. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just so you did about five years. Yeah, about five yeah. years. Um, you get out, tell us a little bit about post post Navy and, and where you went from there in life. Yeah. So I didn't know, I didn't, um, didn't know what I was going to do. I had a little bit of a plan to uh, be a train conductor with CSX uh, after I got out Ended up doing that. Um, got furloughed. Okay. Were yeah. you married yet? Uh, no, but I was with uh, my wife, uh, Courtney. Okay. Um, we ended up getting married, I think about a year after that. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, we had our daughter Aspen. Of course, we ha already had Gabe. Um, and then we have Drew, our oldest daughter as well, but she didn't live with us at the time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we were trying to find our way. Um, got right. furloughed. So it was, you know, I was kind of, we're scraping. We didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was a rough time there for a couple of years. Yeah, it's hard to find. Sir, uh, rescue swimmer skills <laughs> sets I was in the civilian world unless being a lifeguard you know right yeah yeah. i was looking <laughs> so yeah no but it was a good moment uh so i had that like i said i got furloughed with the train conductor so i'm i'm applying everywhere you know i'm um, right. trying to find a position um nothing was hitting so i ended up being a, a correction officer at a, a prison for about a, about eight months and then one day yeah well we ended up moving in with my my uh, my wife's uh, dad for a little bit because we were you know like i said we're <laughs> we're struggling yeah um and one day within a week well of course we're praying and uh, this is this is a time that uh, my wife uh, really kind of uh, basically led me to god you know yeah. and that's where i really kind of became a christian and uh, was looking forward and follow, was a follower of Christ. Well, yeah. That's whenever it kind of all started because it was, of course, that's when we do, right? Whenever we're, we're struggling. Uh, yeah, right. So anyway, within a week's time, I had, when I, I didn't have anything for about a year. No, no job offers, nothing. And yeah. uh, of course, I was working at a correctional officer. So we were making it by, but I was, um, I didn't you know, enjoy it. <laughs> right. But, but we had enough to get by. But anyway, um, as, within a week's time, I had three job offers. Wow. One this was the, right after you. You gave your life to Christ? Yeah, right. Shortly after, yes. Wow. Um, actually, I had a phone call. So I was furloughed with CSX. had a phone call at 3.16 in the morning. <laughs> um, and my, my wife was like, you know what that means, right? Yeah, we know what that is, yeah. John 3.16. Right. You know, so um, I ended up going. Um, got called up. Uh, that, that job didn't end up working out, but they had you got to pay a job me. offer at 316. Well, in the no, morning? to go take a train because I was furloughed because oh. I was, oh, a, right, right, a, right. you know, certified or a train conductor. Right, right, so right. I okay. got called to take a train from um, Bakes Evansville, Indiana, to Nashville. Um, cool. It didn't, uh, it didn't end up working out because of time or something like that, but they had to pay me for my time for right. that day. They had to yeah. pay me. So that was the money we, we needed. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, no, I ended up taking a job as a, a train conductor with the Navy. So oh, that's, that's cool. the one I chose. Um, yeah. You think Navy has trains? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a few. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's how it kind of led into my career. And what, what, what made you want to get out of the Navy? I know everybody loves that question. Why yeah. You, you know, honestly to me, it was uh, for family. It was, it's, yeah. you know, Navy or military is hard on family. Right. Yeah. A lot of moving around, getting deployed, not knowing where to get deployed for how long. Same. Yep. Um, so that's, yeah, that's why I decided to go ahead and get out. Right. Especially when you're in one of those type of career fields. Yeah. yeah. Right. Those, those career fields, we'll call them special, the special career fields. They're good to get out of your system while you're a young man. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> get in, do it, make some great stories. Yep. Right. It's hard to it's hard to sustain that for the long haul if you want to also be yeah. a good husband and father. I mean, it's doable. There's yeah, plenty sure. of men that there's plenty of men that, that do it, but it's just extra hard. So, how long did you do uh, the whole Navy train conductor thing? Uh, honestly, for about a year, and then um, I had opportunities to move into facility management, and that's what I kind of do now. So I still right. kind of moved out of that role. But, yeah. Uh, it was what I needed at the time. So what brought you, to, is that what brought you to this area? Um, yeah. So I had a, a, you know, within facility management, um, and, uh, we were living in Indiana, uh, Courtney, my wife, she, uh, we, we, we've been talking about moving. Um, and then, uh, you know, started, started looking on USA jobs for, for different federal, federal jobs. And 
<laughs> there was one that came up in Rota, Spain. I oh, joke. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, you had just moved from there when we met. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I jokingly said to her, I said, let's move to Spain. She said, yeah. she said, looked at me very seriously and said, okay. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so I applied for the position. I'm getting it. And uh, yeah. we moved to Spain for three years and we yeah. just got back here two years ago. So. Okay. Man, that's so cool. Yeah. Cool. How was that experience? Oh, awesome. It was a great experience. We were able, able to travel. That was the whole point of going right. um, to travel as much as possible. So you took um, the whole family. Yeah, yeah. All of us went and uh, it was good to see, you know, the, the Spanish culture and, the, you know, be able to, I think, be able to travel. We we did a, all four of us flew to Paris um, for 200 euro all together there and back. You know? so, yeah. so that's 50, 50 euro a piece, which is, you know, equivalent to like, what was $65, something like that. Wow. Um, US dollars. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, it was a great experience great to live experience. abroad, isn't it? It was, And then COVID hit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was like, oh, it's time to get home. Time to get uh, back to the US. Okay. Yeah. So, man, I didn't realize that you came back that recently. Yeah. yeah. Man, that wasn't very long ago. So um, tell us a little bit about your spiritual spiritual journey in all this and 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 how god's working in your heart through this time period yeah so um oh man it was uh like i said COVID hit and uh it was just a, it was a rough time as far as we we were um locked down i mean i know the u.s was pretty locked down too but we were not allowed to leave out of our, the confines of our homes uh, oh. for three months uh oh so gosh. we found we got really close to each other our family did you know <laughs> and yeah but then we, we made it back here. Um, of course, things started slowly opening up. But uh, in 2020, right? You made it. So you were able. Uh, to yeah, we got back here in 2021. 20, was it 21? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. So during COVID, of course, everything's online, right? Um, so we knew we were coming to Richmond area. So we started uh, looking at uh, different you know churches online. Um, Chapel was one of them. Uh, yeah. We really connected to Brandon. Um, you know, uh, I like I can connect with him because he's able to, you know, for that, you know, some jokes and stuff in there, you know, kind of keep it everything alive. And uh, I was like, man, I really like this guy. Um, so we watched it about three or four times. Um, and then we watched others as well to try to I don't know, say church shop, you know, but we were trying to figure out where we're going to go when we get back here. Yeah. So I didn't think much of it. Um, but then when we got back here, um, we we're driving around. We had bought a in the process of buying a house. And we come around a corner and there's a chapel. Yeah. That's the chapel, you know? <laughs> right. You had been watching it online. Yeah, yeah. But you hadn't been in person. No, no. Gotcha. Uh, so we just kind of drove around the corner and there's a roundabout there. Of course, we didn't yeah. know the area well. And we saw yeah. the chapel and we drew, we're like, let's, let's drive around it real quick. So we did that and we saw some tires in the back and we saw this fire pit in the back. It's like, man, what's going on here? <laughs> <Right>. Nice. <laughs> so I, I want to be part of that. And yeah. then shortly after we did got connected with the chapel, um, yeah. we started a small group with you right. or you were yep. in a small group. Well, you know, because <laughs> I think the first workout that they did when they came, I think it was, uh, uh, Luke, he Gosling, he did he was um he did this crazy workout. Oh, the one he led. Yeah. We were all in a circle and he it was just It was like middle of the summer, yeah, I think. And it just broke everybody off. I remember that <laughs> were, workout so guys, clearly. Guys were go they're like, this is what it's like every time. Like, that was I can't the uh, <laughs> that was also the only time that was the one and only time that uh Jason, the pastor in yes. Scott's edition, right, he came. Yeah. And, um, and I remember thinking uh, he brought a couple of Scott's edition guys. Yeah. This is that night, right? right. Or, yeah. 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 That was an insane workout. Yeah. That was, yeah. And then you started coming back, you, you kept coming and then you didn't start running there yeah. from the jump. I, I did actually. Did you? Um, You've never driven? I've never driven. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <so funny>. uh, <laughs> I, well, it's, you know, I, I use it, uh, if it went for men's lines, I mean, I, I use it as a, you know, training, of course, uh, whenever I'd run there and run back, cause you know, you want to yeah. run on tired legs. That's how you train for endurance uh, mm -hmm. runnings and stuff, you know, training and stuff. I don't know much about it, but I, I try. <laughs> um, but, uh, what really got me whenever I went to men's lines, you know, I've been in other Bible studies before I've tried other Bible studies, men's yeah. groups and stuff like that. And, uh, it's like, oh, I'll give this a shot after you had mentioned it. And, um, right. of course this was two years ago. And, uh, so I have to say, um, Phoenix, uh, Bob Wright. So yeah. he, he shared his story and you know, he was real. It was, uh, it was real. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know, these, these guys aren't just like saying silent prayers for each other. You know, right. they're, they're being real. This is, this, I want to be unspoken. part of this. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, so, I have it unspoken. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> no we, we lay it out there around the fire yeah. every single Tuesday night or every single men's alliance night, you know, once a yeah. week. Uh, and, uh, we, we all have stories to share and um, we, we lean on each other. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause now you're the, uh, the workout chief for Charlie tribe, yeah. which is like the perfect fit for you. <laughs> uh, Spiritual journey. Yeah. Spiritual journey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically it, uh, it gets into endurance, uh, running for me. My spiritual journey, of course, is with my wife, Courtney. She, uh, she's a huge supporter and if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be where I'm at, you know? Yeah. She's great. And the support of my family, yeah. um, you know, Gabe, Aspen and Drew. Um, but yeah, just, uh, just getting into the training, um, Always, I always have to find something as far as a, a run or event or something like that. Go to if I, yeah. exactly. If I don't have something on the books, if I don't have something I'm already signed up for, well, I'm not more or less not going to do it. You know, right. <laughs> I'm not going to put in the time. I'm not going to put in the effort. You're not going to do the daily training. Exactly. Yeah. So and running for me is my spiritual journey. Um, it's those times when I'm out there alone, um, when I'm out there uh, running, the longer miles, you know, 15, 20 miles or something like that in the woods. I love trail running because of that. Um, that's when I get really close to God. That's whenever we have our conversations. Yeah. Um, so, and honestly, the longer you go, the more spiritual it gets for me, you know? So, um, and then I have the support of the, of men's Alliance the, uh, along the way. So we right. have a lot of guys now that are going out and doing some of these training runs, actually going out tomorrow. Um, and then the spuds and, uh, Sage and Thor, uh, we, you know, uh, diesel, we all do yeah, some training. You runs guys have like a running group. Almost. We, yeah. <laughs> we do. Yeah. yeah. So, and you know, we hit the trails and it's so much different than, uh, being on the pavement, you know, pounding mm -hmm. pavement. We yeah. say it's, uh, we're really in the moment as far as watching our footsteps and having those deep conversations out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been once with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Trail, it was fun. Yeah, we did thirty miles in three two two days. Two days. That, that yeah. yeah, I yep. did. I did ten. Yeah. in one day. Hey, that was good. It was good. <laughs> and I couldn't walk for two weeks. <laughs> that's where it's at for me. It's a, it's a spiritual journey for me. So that's why yeah. that's why I run. Honestly, is to get closer to God. And, yeah. Uh, to have that time where I can think, I can hear my hear my thoughts, and um, honestly, just being in the moment. So yeah. If you, been out there in the trails, either hiking or um, running. Right. You're you're so in the moment because you got to watch the, your next foot, your yeah. next nope. step every single time. I was just know? gonna share that. Like <laughs> it's probably similar running because I like to hike. Like I've done different yeah. portions of the Appalachian Trail and stuff. And when you're out there, you just realize how everything that's happening is almost like coming from God, and He gives you exactly what you need when you need it. Like when I'm hot, you know, when you're doing uh -huh. it in the summer, it's like hot. I can't make it another step he sends you a nice cool breeze oh, you know what i mean so good. <laughs> or it's like i just need to t take it and you know when to rest you just so all your senses are heightened and yeah. you can just like yeah just be so much more connected to god no and agreed. realizing that he gives you literally everything you need at the exact time when you need it sure you know so i love too how you've brought your son you know, yeah. cleats. Yes. Right. How you're, you're one of those guys that, um, you know, that does men's alliance with a teenage son, which, you know, I've, that's been a big part of, you know, the raising of my boys is, <laughs> yeah. is doing men's alliance together. And I think that's a powerful thing as well. You're setting such an example, um, for not just the other men around the fire, but for also your son, right. You're demonstrating through your actions, not your words, right. He sees you every week leading. Talk yep, about, yep, talk yep. about that, uh, dynamic that you two have that you share. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he's actually, uh, I, I've, I've tried to get him in, in uh, running in the trail, uh, you know, running an endurance train and stuff like that. And it's just not for him, which is, which is fine, but he has always, um, supported it. And we, we've always like, uh, even in Spain like that, we go out for these long runs, you know, two hour runs or longer two to four hour runs. And, uh, he would you know, ride his bike along with me. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And then anytime we went somewhere, he would always be like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go support you and I'm going to be there. Um, yeah. even recently the last couple of years, uh, doing some events, he's always, uh, supported me on those, uh, events. He, I think he enjoys being around it. Uh, you know, and then it's good for him to be at men's Alliance. So my wife and I said, Hey, you know, we need, you need to be in something. Um, and it's kind of hard when we move back here from Spain to find that 
because right. he just graduated high school last year. So yeah. he didn't have that really time to build that, that friend right. base, you know? Right. So it's like, Hey, look, come men alliance with me. So he's been coming for what, probably a good year, yeah. year now. He yeah. was there every Tuesday. Yeah. So a lot of people that get into, um, long distance running, they're running from something. Sure. Right. Like they're running from their past. Yeah, yeah. They're processing their past demons and always running, but you're bringing in the spiritual component. Yeah. Right. And how, when I'm running, that's when I'm, when I'm praying and when I'm getting closer to God, it's like, you're running yeah. too. You're not just running from your past. Maybe it started out that way. Um, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. It did start out that way. Um, and I, yeah, it's like therapeutic, think, right? It, right. Exactly. I think yeah. you're, you're exactly right. And, um, but no, now it's, uh, it's a spiritual journey as far as, uh, just there's so many metaphors, you know, with, with endurance running yeah. and using, so let me tell you this. So whenever I train or actually when I'm at the event, let's say 50 K 31 miles. Um, and it's just, you know, I typically try to find one that is in the mountains, uh, somewhere that's going to be a lot of elevation, a lot of switchbacks, yeah. you know, single track technical trail. I want to be mm. in God's, you know, yeah, <laughs> um, God's country. country. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but it's so good about having, pushing yourself just like in life when we push ourselves. you know, there's so many different hills we go over. There's so many, um, obstacles or things that get in our way. Yeah. And there's so many times we tell ourselves we can't get through it. You know, yeah. it, it, my body hurts, my mind hurts. I can't get through it. And, um, you know, when you get into these things and you're running over so many hills, uh, and using those aid stations, that's one big thing, but then you get to, or I get to talking to God, say, Hey God, I'm, I'm hurting here. Yeah. Um, get me, get me to that next aid station, Lord, or, um, get me past that next hill, you know, right. just like in life. We have so many Mountains struggles, valleys, right? Absolutely, man. Yeah. We have all these struggles to go through, but you know, if we use our aid stations, if we use, um, that's the biggest thing, use the aid stations that are there for you. Right. So that's what I do. I always hit them up and, uh, I use them. I refuel my body. Yeah. Right. And, um, just like in life, I think we need our aid station. We need, yeah. uh, like, we need don't our brothers. be too proud to just pass. It. I don't need it. Uh, you know? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah, we, we just need our brothers um, to lean on. We need our family. Uh, we need to get in God's word. And, uh, you know, eventually we get past some of these hills. We get past some of these valleys. And uh, I keep asking God, just get me to one more, you know. Right. Um, man, my body's hurting. I'm struggling. Um, I don't even think I could lift my foot up one more time. And uh, just keep asking, hey, just come on, Lord. Just just get me get me to that top of that hill right there. I can see it. Um have you, have you ever quit a race? I have. Have you? I have. It's the worst feeling. I don't, uh, I didn't, I, I, I failed. Um, I, I quit because I wasn't mentally prepared. Yeah. Um, I did one in Spain. It was basically a, uh, uh, the, the area we live in Spain, it was Southern Spain. There wasn't a lot of elevation and stuff, but, um, I had trained, which I thought I trained really well for, but I didn't realize this uh, event was going to take me to the top of five mountain peaks. Oh, wow. Uh, so, so I was, it was about a 50 K or it was a 50 K and, uh, I was probably about 26 miles in. And, um, so they have these things there, which I haven't seen any here, but I think it's some of these, uh, bigger events, they basically, they have a, basically, I forget what they call them, but there's somebody at the very end of the event. And if these people catch up to you yep. during the event, you're out. They're like the okay. cutoff, the, the cutoff crew. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they'll take your bib yeah. from you. And if you okay. want to go from there, but yeah, they, they'll take your bib and, uh, you know, cause there's a certain cutoff like point. Pace setters or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because of safety, I'm sure. And other stuff, liability yeah. issues, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, I was probably about, I don't know, I would say 20 miles into the event and, um, I got caught. <laughs> and I could see them coming, you know, over the hills yeah. and they, they got me. Um, and, but, so they took my bib. So I made it to about 26 miles. Um, oh. and then I was just like, you know, I'm hurting. My mind is, I don't have any, I didn't have anybody there at the time as far as support. Their aid stations weren't that great. Um, yeah. and I just wasn't mentally prepared. And, um, of course they're in Spain, they're, nobody else spoke English. So I didn't have that a lot of times yeah. in trail events. You have the biggest part of it is, talking to those people along the way, you know, yeah. and, all the encouragement, <laughs> yeah. all the, all the, the, so the, the, the words, the, yeah. the communication. I love how you're, you're, you know, tie in support, right? That's yeah, like right the enough. theme here. You started off talking about the ultra that you just did and how there was so much support and you couldn't have done it without all the support. Yeah. And then when you're talking about and kind of remembering the one time you quit, uh-huh. it was the lack of support. Yeah. That's right? what I was going to say. Yeah. The race you quit is that you didn't have, you weren't prepared. Uh, so you true. didn't have, you know, 
brothers alongside you, you know, in front of you and behind you. And just, and that's that the one that you tried to do probably the most on your own is the one that you couldn't make. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And so it's like, since have you quit since? No, or was that I haven't. Last one? Um, I, I vowed I, I won't do that again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the reason um, I, I I believe I'm successful in that now is because I I make sure I have that support, um, right. the mental capacity to to get me through. Tell yeah. about tell about the the specific yeah. type of support on your last ultra that Thor provided you because oh, I think this is amazing for guys that don't understand like necessarily <laughs> what all support looks like. Yeah. Yeah. This was support. Oh man, so huge. Uh, so I had asked, uh, it was probably about a week prior and I was talking to my w- wife and then, uh, um, you know, talking to, uh, uh Mike, uh, Spuds Kiefer, you know, before and, uh, said, Hey Spuds, uh, I, I sent him a text. I said, Hey, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, this event's coming up, but I can, I'm not going to be able to do it without, without anybody there to help me. He's like, Hey, yeah. just reach out to some of your brothers, man. They'll be help, happy to help. I'm, I'm too proud to do that. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that's not, that's easier said than done. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so I did, I sent a, a little group text out to the, uh, Charlie tribe and, uh, I had a couple guys, you know, um, three or four guys probably reach out and, uh, uh you know, things happened and they weren't able to, some other things came up, but, uh, Thor, he ended up, uh, showing up. So let me kind of backtrack a little bit. Yeah. So we're at the event, um, of course it's a hundred K 30 or 62.5 miles. And, um, so it's a down and back. So you start halfway, so down and back and then the opposite direction, a down and back. Um, so I did my first down and was coming about halfway back to, and, um, and then my son, I knew my son was going to be there cause I knew that's where my aid station was. Uh, I yeah. knew there's an access point. He was going to be there. So I said, all right, I'll meet you here next time. So I, I knew he was going to be there, um, which was a huge, uh, need, but then I come around that corner and I see, man, that looks like, uh, that looks like Thor. I think that is Thor. <laughs> Thor that's Thor. <laughs> and, uh, so man, it was so huge to have him, uh, have him there. Just the amount of, uh, just mentally, you know, just somebody familiar, familiar yes. face. The difference it makes to see a, a buddy, f- a friend, yeah. right? Just to, just to see a buddy there with you, who's willing to enter into your story and struggle with you. That makes that makes all the difference, right? It changes your outlook. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it was uh, so. So at that point, he didn't um, he didn't run with me because he, he said because uh, Spuds was running, uh, Mike Keeper was running the uh, half marathon as well. So they started shortly after. Yeah. Um, and so it was the same route, but they started shortly after. So they did a different down and back, but um, so he wanted to be there to watch him finish. So he says, I'm going to go to the finish line. I'll see him finish. And then I'm going to, we're going to pick up and I'll run with you. End up running about nine miles with me. And uh, so huge, man. Yeah. <laughs> we had ran nine miles. With you. That's yeah, what yeah. support looks like. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that story about, you know, quitting because it just, that's such a huge part of your story and a testimony of how your past failures don't define you. You know, that would great. That would make a great devotion around the fire. You know, we got to talk about our failures just to show how far we can come. It's a great point. Everybody is more aware of your successes and it's always good to be reminded of um, everybody's human. Yeah. Everybody fails. You can quit and you can, you can start over. You can yeah, enter yeah, another yeah. race and crush it and move beyond that and not be defined by that race yeah. in Spain, but you've since right. gone on to do bigger, better. And, and I think a lot of that is because of, like you said, asking for help yeah. and asking for support. That, That's the game changer. That was my biggest fear about going into the military was the running. Cause I've hated uh-huh. running my entire life. <laughs> and the thing that got me through it. I've, I've never been fast, but I've always been slow. And I, it was my goal to not quit, not uh-huh. stop a run, any run we did, just keep running. And one of the things I would do, I would just like recite scripture the whole time or sing, sing a, a hymn <laughs> or something like that while I was running to get me through it. Yeah, no, um, a lot of people kind of ask, um, you know, I can barely run a 5k, you know, how, how do you do that? And I was like, man, I can barely run a 5k too. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm not yeah. running a 5k pace. And, but when I do run a 5k pace, yeah, I'm dead too, man. <laughs> That's know? right. So, uh, so I think it's, um, a mindset is just kind of get, uh, hopefully I can inspire somebody to get kind of past that mindset. You know, I'm running, uh, we're running a conversational pace whenever we go out yeah, there right. around where I run. Um, we're not, I'm, there's very seldom times I'm out of breath unless I'm going up a hill or something like that. But, um, my body is, you know, is, is going to 
that my body hurts, you know, (laughs) eventually, but I'm not um, out of breath. So it's just training my body to be prepared for that. That's life too. I think if you are going so fast that you can't have a conversation with the person you're jogging with, you're going too fast. True. If you can't talk, you know, life is not a 5k life is an ultra marathon. And so many people are living so fast, so fast of a pace that their relationships are falling apart around them yeah. because they're out of breath. They can't talk. Right. That gets and you. Yeah. Like you're saying, when you're jogging at a slow enough pace, that's a sustainable pace yeah. for 62.5 right. miles. Yeah. You're going to be able to talk. You're going to have that support. Nothing gets your mind off of your own misery as much as having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. So that's true. what helps yep. time fly by. So tell us a little bit about what's next for you. What are you working on now? Yeah, so right now um, we've got a 50K, uh, Willis River 50K here in uh, here in Virginia, um, running it with uh, Sunshine and Bullseye on the end of the month. So that's, what, that's what's next. And after that, um, we, we're, we have a team for Ragnar. It's 120 miles. It's a relay, um, eight-man team oh, yeah. that is in the end of April. So we have eight guys. Um, here locally, it's going to be at Pocahontas State Park. We have eight guys currently signed up for that. And I'm trying to get another team of Men's Alliance guys together, but uh, it's going to be it's such a cool event, man. I'll be the support <laughs> team. Man, yeah, I, yeah, I hope everybody just kind of comes out and uh, even just sit around and those yeah. conference, have those conversations. It's yeah, such a good that time. That sounds like an awesome time. And the name itself is just yeah. sells <laughs> itself, Ragnar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things about your story that I hear is there's this there's this thread running through about um, giving support and accepting support. Right. Yeah. And you think about your career as a rescue swimmer and the buddy toes that you talked about, you've been the guy that was saving others, yeah. right? The guy that had to literally hold up support in the water and, and, and move another guy who depended on you completely. And now you're in this, this new chapter of your life where you're the one who's now needing support. Absolutely. So I think part of this is, you know, like our creed says, it's being one, not too proud to ask for help. Yeah. Right. And there's a huge element of that that's hard for men. Right. You'll never know how great your help is and how much of a difference <laughs> the support makes until you reach out and you ask for it or or even just accept it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you didn't even ask for it and the guy just shows up to help. Oh, so well, good. you got to You got to not be so prideful as to say, no, I'm good. Thanks. I don't need it. Right. Yeah. yeah. We got to stop doing that as men. Mm-hmm. We got to start accepting support better, asking for support better. Um, and it doesn't make you weaker. Right. That's like what Satan wants us to believe. Yeah. Um, it's the game changer. The other, the other element from our creed that comes to mind is the, my past failures will not define uh-huh. me. Right. So I think you're, your life is a great illustration of those elements of our creed of you're, you're all about support. You're able to do these big things because of your support. Yeah. Oh, I do no not, doubt. I do not struggle alone. No doubt. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, just thank you for all you're doing in men's Alliance. You're definitely making a difference, uh, especially in your local tribe, you know, and you know, where it's getting, it's just, you know, dropping that pebble in the water. Those ripples are just going, wider and wider and if, if i miss too many uh charlie tribes in a row you're the one person that texts me oh. <laughs> and says how you doing we're, we've been gotta have you back brother yeah so because i visit a yeah. couple different ones yeah, in the yeah. area and i don't always make it to charlie but yeah i appreciate that man oh we have such a good core um yeah. at all the tribes but uh you know charlie tribes my home tribe and uh, right we have such a good core man yeah. yeah yeah so let's uh i'm gonna talk about if i have just a couple minutes here just talk about this quick journey in this 100K. Yes, yeah. do that. So, okay, so this 100K, 62.5 miles. So, as uh, let's kind of pick back up real quick where uh, where Thor met me, right? Yes. So, yeah. he, he ran um, nine miles with me. So, the halfway point, so about 30, 31-ish miles. Um, so, he started running with me. We ran nine miles together. And we had some great conversations, you know. At that point, my hip flexor was hurting pretty bad. Um, and it typically does during about that, about that distance. And, uh, so I was telling him that, and uh, we went a few more miles, you know, I said, Hey, you know, he's asking me, how's that doing? You know, <laughs> I was like, well, I got this thing going on in the bottom of my left foot now. So I don't know if, if 
my hip flexor thing has just went away or this is just overriding that. <laughs> so, yeah. so now my mind is on that, you know? So uh, anyway, so we, we had some more conversations and uh, that just went away. It's just, I, I don't know if it went away or if my mind was just brought off of it, but it was mm-hmm. so good right. to have him there to uh, keep my mind off of it. Right. Um, so we went about four miles and uh, four or five miles and then got to an aid station. I thought that's initially where he was going to kind of drop off. He's like, hey, man, do you care if I hit one more with you? <laughs> He's like, I don't want to hold you up or anything. I was like, are you kidding me, man? You're, you're dragging me along. Was, <laughs> so uh, so he went another uh, aid station with me. So we went up completing about nine miles. A different and, kind of buddy toe. Right? No. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was so good. Um, anyway, so we got into we got to there. So I was about what, 39, I'm about 39, 40 miles in right now. And, um, so my, my, I had one more, so he went ahead and dropped off and, you know, we had our hugs and I appreciated him so much. And, uh, and at that point I went ahead and broke out my, um, my, my old man trekking poles. Yeah. <laughs> so my son, my son handed this, he's like, you want these? I was like, oh, man, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm ready for them yet, but I'm glad I took them at that point. <laughs> yeah. So I did. Um, so those got me through to the next, uh, aid. And then after that, um, it was getting dark at that point. Um, so we're here at 40, 45 miles or something. And, and, um, it was getting pretty dark and it was getting, starting to get cold. We're at about, you know, 40 degrees or 35, 40 degrees. Anyway, I try to get all the way to the end because right at this point, I'm moving away from my finish line. I'm going out. I haven't made it to the turnaround point yet. Yeah. My mind is just, no, you're not going to. At this point, it was just going crazy. I'm like, you're not going to make it, man. What are you yeah. doing out here? You're alone. It's cold. It's dark. Um, unfamiliar territory. Finally, I made it there. Um, made it to the turnaround. I was like, all right. That's another thing. I'm going back towards the finish line now. Psychologically huge. It's so big. <laughs> You're headed home. Yes. And uh, at that, and shortly after that, um, a couple miles after that, I think after the turnaround, I, I strategically placed in my mind, I'm going to turn on Sage's podcast. Um, so I knew at that point I was going to be at a very um, low point uh, and I needed to, I needed that lift. Um, so I, I have my headphones on, of course, the whole whole time. And um, and I, I turn on Sage's uh, Sage's uh, podcast and man that's so huge it got me through so many more miles oh man i didn't know that yeah, oh, i didn't know man. that either that's yeah. so cool yeah it was uh, like i said it was cold it was dark um i was hurting uh <laughs> extremely bad I, at this point i'm kind of doing a walk around kind of thing you know? yeah limp walk around kind of um and i had of course there's only there's only 45 people that completed this 55 started uh, 45 uh finished and um 45 of us but uh I was hurting, but no. So we're so spread out, you know, hundred K we're up at this point. We're so spread out. I'm not seeing anybody. It's dark. Um, and I I'd had his podcast on after we finished it, like I said, got me through so many miles and, uh, then I'm just out there. It's quiet. It's dark. It's cold. Yeah. And, uh, I'm talking to God, Lord, just, just get me, help me, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm hurting Lord. Um, help me out here. And, uh, I hear him say, just, just get to that light. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I see in the distance, I see this light is somebody's uh, headlamp. You know, I knew what it was, but it was uh, far off. It looked probably about a mile out. And there's another guy on the course ahead of me. And uh, he said, just get to that light. So I, I, that's what I, my whole goal was. And then just pushed to get to that light. Finally, I took every single thing I had left to get to that light. And this guy was struggling too. His name was Rom. I caught up to him. Um, and he was 65 years old. He's running, uh, basically, uh, this is his first 100K. He's ran a um, marathon, getting ready to run, finish his last marathon, which would be a marathon on every single continent. Oh, wow. Um, caught up to him, and we had two miles left to go after that. And uh, But it was so good um, to know, because he was struggling, I was struggling, but we found yeah. in that moment, you we didn't know each other. Alone. Yeah. yeah, we were not struggling alone. And yeah. um, we found strength in each other at that point, and we, uh, man, it I was hurt so bad, <laughs> Yeah, but we finished that. Uh, we, we told each other we're going to finish this together. Wow. So. That's awesome. You know, I think about, you know, the, the big support moments you had listening to Sage uh, podcast running with Thor. Um, these are some, these are some big elements of support that assisted you along your journey. You wouldn't have had without men's Alliance. Um, what would you, what would you say? What are your thoughts? What would you say to a guy who is listening to this? who doesn't have a tribe. Oh man. 
<laughs> find one <laughs> plain and simple no um you have to have a tribe i mean i don't know how i um i was isolated for so long of course you know, i tried bible studies and that kind of thing a men's breakfast it just didn't work out for me and i had those one or two friends i can reach out to you know or have a beer yeah. with or something you know occasionally but i i was isolated i didn't have a tribe i didn't have men i can talk to like you guys or the rest of you know all a charlie tribe who i can just call up at any time or send a text say hey you guys want to get together or can you guys pray for me um not silent prayers you know <laughs> not yeah. unspoken prayers but seriously pray for me what i'm going through and i can tell them and yeah. so if you don't have a tribe man you got to get one you got to find one if, you, if there's not one in your area um start one we'll yeah. uh, i know i know you <laughs> goose and shadow here will definitely yeah. help you along that yeah. It's so good. It's when, so huge for you. When family. you're when you're running on your next podcast, I mean, on your next race, listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, don't quit, man. You're almost oh, there. Love it, brother. You're almost there, Guardian. Love Keep it, going. <laughs> well, thanks, man. So, I tell you what, this has been such a great conversation. Your spiritual journey, you know, you had you you experienced early childhood trauma. Yeah. Right, and you've you've healed. You've you've it's something you can talk about. That's how you can tell if somebody's healed, right? If they can talk about it. Um, and you've moved to a place where you found God. You've got a great family. You're a great leader. And none of that means that you're not still vulnerable, that you don't still need oh, support. Sure. Right. And um, I just appreciate all you bring to Men's Alliance, brother, and the example you set for, for everybody, myself included. And um, I think sometimes we never really know who all is looking at us, who all is observing who all's listening and um i know for a fact you have you have a lot of guys seeing you listening to you being inspired by you both spiritually right and physically and that's what we're about at men's alliance yeah so good yeah man Glad well, thank you thanks for coming on thank you for your time and uh look forward to seeing you around the fire soon absolutely thanks brother all right man Thanks for listening to another episode of the Men's Alliance podcast. Find your tribe at mensalliancetribe.com, or maybe you're the man to start one in your area. And send us your questions or comments to info at mensalliancetribe.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we look forward to seeing you around the fire soon.